Inspiration. Hi, everyone. You are listening to Start Inspired. I am your host, Samantha March. This is my podcast designed to give you a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation, helping you start inspired and stay inspired. Let's jump into today's episode. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Start Inspired. I am really excited to be back. I have taken a few weeks off from the podcast. I do have a new guest this week, and uh, I had a few other interviews lined up that did have to get moved around. And I thought about doing a solo episode, but to be honest, I'm just kind of going through it right now. And coming on to do a podcast, it just didn't feel like I was in the right frame of mind to do that. And I'm also working on so many different things that uh, I, I knew that I needed to set something aside in order to kind of just keep my sanity. But um, I have mentioned in a few places that I'm working on a couple of different things. So I believe the next podcast that's going up will be a solo episode um, chatting about some things that are coming up. So I'm very excited about that. But yes, I've been keeping busy, which is definitely helpful to my mindset. But I'm also excited to jump back into the podcast. And like I said, I do have a new guest on this week. And I do have a new author. And I just love being able to talk to authors on the podcast. So this week, I am welcoming on Kim Neville. And she has just released her debut novel, which is The Memory Collectors. So we discuss, of course, her novel and working on it, her journey into being a published author, getting started. Again, this is her debut novel. So we talk a little bit about how that feels, also releasing a debut during COVID times and how different that has looked. Uh, And I'm really excited to share this one with you. So Kim Neville is an author and graduate of the Clarion West Writers Workshop, where she found the first shiny piece of inspiration that became the Memory Collectors. When she's not writing, she can be found heron spotting on the seawall or practicing yoga in order to keep calm. She lives near the ocean in Vancouver, Canada with her husband, daughter, and two cats, and The Memory Collectors is her first novel. Without further ado, here is my interview with Kim Neville. All right. Hello, Kim. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm excited to talk to you. And before we jump in, do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? Sure. Hello, listeners. My name is Kim Neville, and I'm the author of The Memory Collectors. It's a novel about two women who share an unusual gift and how their lives change when they meet. I love that. I love that. So The Memory Collectors is your debut novel, which, of course, that's a huge congratulations because that's so amazing. It is such a feat. Thank you. Yes. But second, I wanted to ask, where did your writing journey begin and how did that lead to you publishing this novel? Yeah. So I actually didn't start writing fiction until I was older, close to 30 before I got started. It was something I always wanted to do, but I was really afraid. I was just afraid to try. I was afraid that I wouldn't be good at it and I didn't want to prove my my thoughts wrong. And so Mm -hmm. I just kept putting it off. But I was dating a guy who had read a couple of my papers from school. And he would always say, why aren't you a writer? And it made me think, um, but it still took me several years before I really like decided to start writing seriously. And I started with short fiction. 
And when a couple of those stories got published in little magazines, that kind of gave me the confidence to try writing novels, which is what I really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I wrote my first novel probably just before my daughter was born and my daughter's 13 now. So for context, and it wasn't very good, (laughs) but there were some moments in it that I thought were great. And I knew there was something there, but I knew that I also just needed to develop a little bit more. And of course, having my daughter sort of put things on hold for a little bit, but I Mm -hmm. kind of was looking around for some kind of education that would help me kind of bring my skills up to where I wanted them to be. So in 2012, I attended the Clarion West Writers Workshop, and that experience changed everything for me. Um, Attending that workshop was a real stretch for me because I had to leave my family for six weeks. It was like very intensive, writing all day, every day. And I had to keep producing new work every week, which was scary for me because I am a very slow writer. Um, But it really gave me the tools that I needed to finally write a novel that was working. And so the next novel I wrote after the workshop was The Memory Collectors. Wow. I think that's so fascinating because writers' workshops even um, like there's online workshop. I've done a lot of online programs myself and I really find those so helpful because even as someone who, you know, I've loved writing forever. I used to simply plagiarize Anna Martin and the babysitters club. I would take (laughs) the characters and I would just write my own scenarios for them. But even, you know, the first novel I wrote is, not good. You know, it wasn't published, but it is not good. My early works are not great. And as someone who I I don't have, my education isn't in writing, literature, English, any of those things, it's in business. And being able to take these courses really can help you out so much. And it's something that I don't feel like is talked about a whole lot. So I'm really glad that you brought that up because I have a lot of listeners who are so interested in the publishing journey and how you get there and kind of the behind the scenes and tips for authors and different things like that. And I think that's a that's a great point that you brought up there. Yeah, absolutely. And there are lots of ways to get that education mm-hmm. that don't necessarily mean that you have to spend a lot of money on an expensive workshop. I mean, I also participated in some local writing groups and some Mm -hmm. critique groups. And actually probably the biggest thing that I took away from the workshop was just a community of peers um, that I still have with me who helped me along and, and they actually learned probably more from my classmates than from, although I had fantastic teachers I don't want to say anything bad about the teaching. It was excellent. But the mm-hmm. the peers and my community, that was definitely the most valuable thing. We still workshop our stuff together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's so true because even something like Facebook groups, you know, I remember, I mean, they're still popular now, but even back years ago when I was first actually trying to publish a novel, those were so helpful to be able to join those groups and get feedback from others or look over each other's works even. I mean, just, yeah, building a community around you, I think can be such an important thing. And now with 
the internet and the power of social media, I mean, you can, you can have that from the comfort of your home, which is where we all are, but you can, <laughs> you can have it from the comfort of your home, even outside of the lockdown. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Totally yeah. agree. Well, how, so would you be able to share, um, how the publishing journey then came to be? Um, did, were you querying agents or how did that work? Mm-hmm. I went the traditional route of querying mm-hmm. agents. You know, I sent out letters. I I sent out a lot of letters. I think probably queried about sixty five agents mm-hmm. before I got one that was really. I, I did get a lot of interest, but I also um, the Memory Collectors is a book that's a little hard to categorize. It's not quite. Uh, literary fiction. It's not quite fantasy. So a mm-hmm. lot of agents were like, I don't really know how to sell this. I like it, but I don't know how to sell it. Um, so it wasn't until um, agent number like 66 mm-hmm. that <laughs> I found the perfect fit and um, actually have two agents. They work in the same agency, but they work together because they were both just really excited about my book. So they decided to like team up, um, which has been great. I mean, because it's, uh, you know, it's like double the expertise, right? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so they, um, well, I signed with them. This is Root Literary Agency. And, um, we did a few edits, uh, not a lot of editing, but, uh, like one round of edits on the book before we, um, put it on submission. And then it was like, it, it went really fast. The whole thing between from getting my agents, I think were was maybe July, 2019. And then we sold the book by, I think early November. Okay. So yeah, once it happened, it was like, everything happened super fast, but getting to that point felt like it took forever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. I'm still loving the two age. I don't know if I've ever heard anyone else talk about two agents. So that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I also, I read in your author bio that your stories take place in real world settings, but with a twist of strangeness. And that's something I love. I'm really drawn to the genre, which has been dubbed magical realism, where we have, and I, I loved the show Charmed growing up too, like the real world with these sisters were witches and had these powers. I just find that duality really fascinating. And I wanted to ask, why are you drawn to that style? Yeah, I've always loved stories like that as well. It's I've always been attracted to stories that feel magical, but also like they maybe might be real. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's something really hopeful and beautiful about a vision of our world with magic woven into it. That, that idea that mystery and the unknown could exist side by side with our mundane everyday lives. Mm-hmm. I always uh, I hope to stir up a sense of wonder in readers with my stories. I just think that we could all use more wonder in our lives. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I agree. It's so fascinating to read a story like that and to have your mind kind of travel to be like, huh, I wonder if that could be real. I love those stories. I think they're great. Well, and more on that, can you share a little bit more about the memory collectors or maybe why you wanted to write this book specifically? 
Sure. The Memory Collectors is the story of two women with a shared gift. They can sense the emotions left behind on objects. Ev sees this ability as sort of a curse. She's seen firsthand how dangerous it can be, and she seeks to protect herself and others from it. Harriet, on the other hand, views her gift as a blessing and one of the great joys in her life. She collects what she calls bright things and treasures. Ev, on the other hand, calls them stained items. So both of these women are haunted by events in their paths, and when they meet, their lives become intertwined in surprising ways. Um, The spark for this novel came actually from my curiosity about how we as humans relate to physical objects. We ascribe meaning to them and even imbue them sometimes with magic based on our stories about them. Mm -hmm. Objects are inanimate, right? But they can hold so much power over us. And I just, I find this fascinating and I wanted to write about it. Yeah. I I find that, I, I find that so interesting too. Um, again, those are just some of my, my favorite books to read where we can expand our minds a little bit and go into this what if type of scenario. So I think that's amazing. Well, I I wanted to ask too, with it being your debut, how did it feel seeing the first reviews from readers coming in? Because I can remember that feeling and it was like out of body experience. I was like, wait, they're talking about me my book (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly I have to say I was pretty anxious about the first reviews that came Mm -hmm. out I mean getting the book deal was obviously an absolute joy and I was beyond thrilled about it but immediately after the you know excitement wore off I was like oh my god people are gonna read my book and they're gonna have opinions (laughs) (laughs) so At first, I did that thing that authors are not supposed to do, and I would look up and read all my reviews, um, which is not useful. And Mm -hmm. those reviews are not for me either, so they're for other readers. So I had to sort of like take a step back and remember where I was in that publishing process, right? Like you write the book and you edit it and you make it as good as you can and then you put it out in the world and then it kind of ceases to become yours. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's It becomes like something that readers get to interact with and some of them will love it and some of them won't, right? Because not everyone loves every book and that's okay. So that part is out of the author's control and I'm sure you know all about this. It, so like, I ha- have been lucky to have received some wonderful reviews from readers mm-hmm. who really resonated with the book. And that is the best feeling in the world. But I try to like separate myself from that side of things because it's kind of just all of that's out of my control now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love the, what you said that the reviews aren't meant for you. And I feel like that was something that I had to learn also. And I very quickly learned to avoid Goodreads. I don't think that's a place for authors at all. No. <laughs> People ask like, do you have a Goodreads account? I'm like, I mean, yeah, but I don't go there. <laughs> that's what I say away. I never used Goodreads at all, actually, until I became an author. And now I've found it's really useful for tracking what I'm reading. Yes. So, but, so I try to just go there and like put my books in there. This is what I've read. This is what I'm reading because it's useful for me mm-hmm. to remember. Because a lot of times I forget um, mm-hmm. over time. But I try just to go in and then get out as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same. Same. Um, 
Well, I wanted to ask too, are you, are you currently working on anything new or are you just taking this time to enjoy the first release? I am working on something new. Um, I'm working on a second novel. It's the story of a family of witches and the grimoire that binds them. Like the memory collectors, it's contemporary fiction with some magical elements. And I've been describing it as little women meets practical magic. I love the sounds of that. (laughs) It just makes me excited. I have a big old list of different books that I want to write. And I mean, I've had this list for years, like the paper is like yellowing. I don't know why I don't move it to a computer or something. But anytime I get a spark of an idea, I will go pull that piece of paper out and I will write it down. And there is so many different ones that kind of pertaining back to the show Charmed, but like Sister Witches, like just different things like that. I find it so fascinating to read books like that. Oh yeah. I love that. I love it. Well, can you talk about your writing process too? Because I always find it really interesting because I think every author I talk to has a different schedule or goals or just a process when it comes to their actual time that they're doing their writing. So can you walk us through like what your process looks like during that time? Yeah, I'm at my best in the mornings. Mm -hmm. So there's something about that time that it's kind of dreamy when I've just woken up. That's especially creative for me. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the editor side of me is still asleep. So <laughs> I, seem, I seem to be able to let my thoughts flow more freely. I write more quickly and with more confidence. So I always protect the first hour of my day for writing, no matter what else is going on. And sometimes I get more time in throughout the day and sometimes I don't. It just depends. Right now, a lot of my writing time is, of course, filled up with marketing and promotion work related to the memory collectors, Mm -hmm. but I still always protect that first hour for new creative work. Yeah. I I love that. I I find myself also when I am in the writing zone, I gravitate towards the mornings also. Sometimes I feel like once I start doing all of my other jobs, I just like succumb to it. And my job, a lot of my job is on the internet. And sometimes it's like, okay, I'm just going to go on Instagram to post something and answer some comments. Then I'm going to get off. And then I'm like, oh, look, someone got a new dog. (laughs) (laughs) It's just downhill from there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. So yeah, I like, I also like the the morning times. And it's funny because sometimes I would think that maybe I wouldn't be as creative in the mornings because it'd be like, I'm tired. I'm still waking up. But like you said, it's almost like the editor side of you is turned off. The more almost like analytical side, I guess, maybe is turned off or the realist side. Yeah. You can just kind of flow and write. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, what would be, because again, I have, I have a lot of listeners that I know either have a novel inside of them or they talk about wanting to write. What would be your advice to someone who maybe isn't sure where to start? I would say don't be afraid to write badly. I mean, that's what stopped me for so many years Mm -hmm. from getting started. First drafts, no matter who you are, are always messy and it's okay to be imperfect. I think you should play with words like you're a little kid in a sandbox or finger painting, like just have fun and you can get serious about it later or or not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And the one of the biggest pieces of advice that I often give to people who ask about writing is that before you can worry about 
anything else because I'll hear people talk about marketing before they've even written a chapter. And I'm like, you can't focus. You can't think about a cover. You don't need to think about a title. You don't need to think about marketing. (laughs) You need to actually have a book before you can, or a manuscript before you can jump into any of these next things. So that's what, you know, that's what I always say is like, that's what I think your focus should be. And like you said, my first draft that I'm writing right now for my next book is pretty awful. Like I just know as I'm writing the words, I'm like, this isn't, this is not going to go well, but it's, you you just got to get it out there and then you can go back and revise and edit and have people read it and give their opinion, you know, my beta readers give their opinions, but you got to start with something. (laughs) Totally. It's almost like you need to get some raw material before you can build anything, right? And Mm -hmm. the raw material can't be the marketing or like maps of your world or whatever it is or research. It has Mm -hmm. to be like words words on a page because that's that's the real stuff that you make it from. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. This is such a random question, but do you use like Microsoft Word or do you like what actual program do you do your writing in? I use Word. I have Scrivener on my Mm -hmm. laptop and I actually started using it for this current project that I'm working on but I'm just finding myself like taking all of the scenes and dumping them back into word anyway it's just how I work and then for the outlining and stuff I just use like a basic spreadsheet yeah 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 I'm the same I I sometimes I sneak that question in because I'm like, I don't know if that's like one of the weirdest questions, but I will, I truly have people ask me quite a bit, you know, again, people who are interested in starting the writing, they're like, do you need a special program to write? I'm like, I mean, I just use Microsoft Word. Is that weird? (laughs) Is that like super old school that I don't use something fancy? But like you, I tried um, Scrivener also. And I just, I felt like I couldn't get my groove. I felt like I was almost taking more time trying to like set things up. And yeah, I just thought like, Oh no, this is not working well for me. (laughs) Yeah. Same. Same. I I just was like, I don't have time for that. I just want to like make the story. So I just stick with what I know. Um, so if that makes me old fashioned, that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Same here. Same here. I'm okay with that. Well, I, I wanted to ask too, because so you said, you sold the book in early November 2019. So obviously pre pre pandemic. So when you were thinking about your release and your launch and how exciting it would be, just, I don't know, could you walk through maybe when the world started to change and you thought, oh gosh, I'm going to release a book in the pandemic. <laughs> I mean, did like, what were your thoughts there? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not what I imagined for sure. Yeah. I always had this picture in my head of like having a book launch in a bookstore mm-hmm. and a party, you know, with cake and champagne and my friends and, you know, a pretty dress. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's obviously not going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And even early on in the pandemic, I thought my book's not coming out for a whole year. There's, yeah. there's, we might be back to normal. Um, and it was probably like when we started talking about actual release dates with uh, my editor that, uh, and she started gently suggesting like that we look at like online options um, that I was like, Oh, 
Mm. <laughs> it's going to be like that. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's just, it's so crazy. I've, I've interviewed a few authors in the past few weeks and months here and just, you know, just talk, like, I felt like I just had to ask the question of, because, you know, some really had full launches and tours planned and, you know, obviously everything had to be canceled and shifted to online. And it just, and I especially wanted to ask you just being, this is your first novel and just, I know how exciting that was. And I mean, for me, I I was self-published and I was like, I think I was 22 at the time. Like I I couldn't afford to be going anywhere doing anything, but it was still such an exciting moment. Like I went out to eat and I thought this is the biggest deal ever, but I, I just really feel for everyone who's been so excited and, you know, is chasing their dreams and having them come true and, you know, having this happen. And it's, not to take away from the actual severity, obviously, of COVID, but everyone's going through something. Everyone's had to cancel something or had plans changed and, and nothing is not important, you know? Yeah, that's right. I will say, I mean, I, I was lucky to have time, that adjustment time mm-hmm. to plan ahead as opposed to some of the folks who had their books, you know, they had plans and had to change them at the last minute, yeah. sort of in the like early last year, which I think would have been really hard. And uh, I I would say, for me, one of the advantages of I'm doing an online launch event um, through Mysterious Galaxy Books. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing is I get to have one of my friends um, from the Clarion West workshop. He's going to be my conversation partner and he Mm -hmm. lives in New Orleans. So there's no way that in you know pre-pandemic world that we would have had that event mm-hmm. together um and now we get to do it like he gets to be sort of beside me and you know introducing my book and having the conversation and then all these people who normally wouldn't attend a lunch event get to participate friends mm-hmm. from all over the world my editor from New York can like drop in like my agents can you know if they're available so that part is kind of cool um it kind of removes some barriers for participation in that event um yeah so you know I'm trying to look on the bright side yeah that's true there's I mean there can be silver linings a little bit of everywhere so and I know just doing all of the the zooms, I feel like I, I also do a lot in beauty. I'm a beauty blogger and YouTuber, and really the brands have really stepped up. There's been a lot of Zoom parties and just uh, occasions that we wouldn't have had prior with a brand because the really the only way that that uh, relationship was forming was if you could actually go out to their headquarters and meet them and see them. And now that's kind of changed. So, you know, a little bit of a silver lining there also. Yeah. Um, Well, I know we're coming closer to our time here, but um, I wanted to ask, since you said that, you know, you really didn't start getting into writing and really focusing on it until you were in your thirties. And I'm someone who I'm, I'm 33. And sometimes I still feel like 
I don't know what I want to fully do yet. You know, sometimes I'm like changing course and changing plans and starting something new. And I hate to say it, but you know, sometimes I have those thoughts of like, am I too old to start something new? Like, am I, am I past my prime at this point? Like, what would you say to those listeners who maybe have some of those like age doubts creeping into them and they're not sure if they should start something new because of it? Yeah, always start new things. Yeah. Don't feel like your life is static at any age. That's what yeah. I would say. It's, you know, yeah, I'm 47 mm-hmm. and my first novel is coming out and uh I could have I could have stopped myself from trying saying I'm too old, but that's ridiculous. Like I still have more novels in me. Um I just think um life is longer than than that and uh you should never I don't know put don't put your own barriers like up um you know there's enough in life there are enough barriers in life so don't put your own mental blocks up isn't that the truth that's such a great thing to say I'm someone who I struggle with I self-sabotage so much. I will always find an excuse to like put that barrier up, like you said. And it's something that I've really um, like consciously been working about working towards for about the past year, or a little bit more is to removing those. And I just think that's such a great thing. What you said, like you could have stopped yourself from trying, but now look like you, you have your debut that is out there. You're writing another book. I mean, I just, to me, I find that really inspiring because sometimes I get, you know, sometimes I get sad with myself, but sometimes I'll even hear someone who's like 28 say, I don't think I should start a YouTube channel. I'm, you know, I'm just like past my, past my prime for that. And I'm like, what are you doing? No, no, no. Like you can do whatever you want. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I love that. I think that's so great. Well, do you want to share where listeners could find you or find the book? Uh, sure. I mean, you can buy, you'll be able to buy the memory collectors on March 16th from your favorite indie bookseller or wherever books are sold. Yeah. Um, you can find me um, at kimnebel.com. That's my website. I'm also on Instagram at Neville underscore Kim and Twitter at KA Neville 13. Amazing. Well, I will put all of that in the show notes. And thank you so much for coming on, Kim. It was great to talk to you. It was lovely to talk to you too. All right. Another thank you to Kim Neville for coming on the podcast. It was so much fun to talk to, especially a debut author and especially in these times and just to get her experience and feedback on what it looked like to publish her first novel. So I will have all of Kim's information down in the show notes and also link to the memory collectors, which is out now. All right. That is it for this week's episode. Again, uh, next week, I'm going to be really excited to come on and chat about a few different things. So I hope that you will also join me next week. And then hopefully I'll get back into a more regular rhythm of our Thursday podcast uploads, but you can always follow me on social media at Samantha March or March Beauty word on Instagram. And I do typically give updates there if uh, there is a schedule change to the podcast. But thank you so much for listening to this one. If you want to share it or uh, if you tag me that you are listening to the podcast, I always do like to reshare and that helps out so much. If you want to rate and review on wherever you are listening to podcasts, that always helps also. And until next week. (laughs) 